Hi, my name is Mary Cruz, and welcome to I'm So Glad You Asked, Every Woman Has a Story, and I Want to Hear Yours. Today's guest, my friend Rachel Jenkins, has not only been a source of genuine friendship, growth, and home for me personally, but she is also a thread that has strung together so many important relationships in mine and Mike's life since we moved to St. Charles. Rachel has had a footprint in my life long before I met Mike, and I have the proof in early photos of Mike and Rachel from their 20s. Oh, and by the way, Mike went to high school with Rachel and her husband, Doug. Technically, I met Rachel maybe in 2011, but we really did not connect as friends until 2017 when Mike and I had established ourselves in St. Charles. In fact, the memory that sticks out in my mind very vividly is the fall of 2017 when Rachel dropped off a card at my house after I had suffered my ectopic pregnancy. I remember thinking, I don't know her that well, but this means so much to me because she was a friend to both Mike and I. It was fate. Our husbands are a part of a bluegrass band, and because of this, I have had the gift of growing a friendship with Rachel. She has always been the one to encourage going for walks, getting together, and building female friendships. I have learned that Rachel values and in turn has helped me value investing in yourself as a woman, investing in what brings you joy, and investing in what replenishes you as a person. She is a wonderful planner and has planned many great trips with our families and two wonderful girls weekends. In 2022, Rachel asked me to speak at her school to a group of students for career day. And I almost feel that day was the day I got to see the depths of who she is. She shines when serving and listening to those around her and making sure she knows who they are and what gives them joy. I am really so excited to have her on this podcast today and to have her share her personal story of what has shaped her. And I'm looking forward to learning more about who she is. Rachel, welcome to oh the podcast. Gosh, I'm here. <laughs> Hi, Mary. <laughs> Thank you for being here. And is there anything you would like to add? Well, hey, first of all, I want to say thanks for having me on, Mary. I'm so glad you asked <laughs> and created this podcast. No, seriously, I have truly enjoyed hearing the stories so far. Mm. And I absolutely love your cause of listening. Mm. It's so important. And we just don't do that enough anymore. Yeah. My grandparents used to tell all kinds of stories. And now we just post them on the Instagram or the Tic Tacs. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> that's so true, right? Yeah. Um, I sort of listen for a career as a social worker. I'm a school social worker and a clinical therapist. Um, however, I rarely tell my own stories. So thanks for giving me this opportunity. I, I, Rachel, I really want to say thank you for being here. It has been um, a pleasure. And it's funny to think, I don't know, too, that it's been such a short time of knowing each other, but it's been such a, I always like to think the best things in life are gradual. So I'm grateful that it's been a gradual friendship and it's yeah. been a gradual getting to know each other. Um and especially today, I've been looking forward to this. It's very symbolic. It's a new year. Um, it's January. It's it's the time when we kind of go inside of ourselves. We re, we replenish what has been exhausted. Ooh. And I think this is going to be a very replenishing podcast for a lot of people. Love that. Yeah. Well, since you brought up Mike. Uh, <laughs> since you brought up Mike. Well, it's just funny because, you know, yeah, we, we didn't know each other very well till yeah, 2017-ish. But then... I always knew about Mike and Mary, Mike and Mary, because Mike was one of my pals from back in the day. Aww. And um, like we're in this house right now. Like I used to hang out here in high school once in a while. So um, I feel like I've, I knew you 
like oh, way before cool. we actually knew each other. So I cool. think too, now that um, if we go back in the time, we must have lived in Chicago at the same time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For college and for um, afterwards. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was there 2004 to 2013. Yeah. We just missed each other. Yeah. Oh, man. If we could go back in time, I would have loved to have met you for a walk. On the lakefront or wherever you used to walk. You know I'm going to have you walk. I, lo- I loved, I used to walk on the lake all the time or like in recent years, um, the 606. Yeah. That you, Have you ever been on that? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, maybe that could be a field trip. But anyways, <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to add? I really appreciate you being here. Otherwise we could just dive into the story that you want to share today that you've put together. Yeah. I mean, I guess, um, so we're in St. Charles and like you mentioned, my Chicago stint for 10 years, but now um, I'm back in St. Charles okay. raising my family. And so that's a little significant, I would say. Um, and it just kind of happened. And that's a story for another podcast. I was just going to say, I feel like um, out of all the people that I've met here, they come back to St. Charles. Yeah. Okay. It's something about it. There is some, there is something. Yeah, I don't feel like a lot of people go back to my hometown and it was a great hometown, but there is something very significant about St. Charles that people want to come here and raise a family. Yeah. Well, and the part the story that I'm sharing today was going to um, kind of show you my resistance to thinking oh, that would happen as a child. Oh, that's great. OK, then let's get into it. <laughs> so today I wanted to tell you about how I lied my way through third to 12th grade. OK, <laughs> I lied my way through. <laughs> Mary, so, okay, I guess my background story, starting when I was very young, I had a speech and language disorder. Well, I technically still have it. It's not something you, okay. that goes away. Um, so I had an articulation disorder. For those who are familiar, I wasn't able to say my R's and L's. So my name was Cho, and I would climb up a yatter. Um, and so that was me. And that's actually really age appropriate um, now knowing this kind of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. until kids are like eight, uh, maybe 10 at the latest. Um, but I, I I, truly needed some speech therapy to get mm-hmm. over that. Um, mm-hmm. And I did get that support. But I also have a mild um, expressive language disorder, which is um, just when you like mix up words, um, you use words incorrectly. Sometimes you'll have trouble finding words like, you know, you can't figure out like what you want to say. Um, so you might hear that today. <laughs> um, do you mind uh, if I ask a quick question yeah. about that? And so both of those were discovered when you were in third grade? No, it was a little younger. Um, so my, I have to say, my mom's best friend was the speech therapist at the elementary school I went to. Oh, cool. So I, sometimes my mom's always like, I just think that she wanted to take care of you. But, um, you know, genetically, actually, my dad had the same thing. He, he has the same thing. And okay. now as we're both adults, I, it's funny to, to see him like mm-hmm. struggle with the same thing that I do. Yeah. So a lot of that has to do with the, that like, um, so yeah, what it was probably a like kindergarten or something. Kindergarten, that okay. Um, yeah, really, you know, discovered. that's the first time I've actually heard an express expressive speech mm-hmm. disorder. I've never heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like, um, sometimes I'll use vague words like okay. thing or stuff because I can't find the word and it's not worth me searching for it. It's like almost like, oh, wow. And I don't know if you noticed, but I tend to like use some like more slang words or like, um, like I'll be like, dude, it's cool. Like you're good. <laughs> like simple words that made people know that I understand but it, I didn't have to take time to search for it because it took me a little bit longer than other yeah. people. Um, and so some of it is like, it just helped me hide the disorder, mm. you know? Um, but, you know, I think that sh- did shape early, you know, childhood for me because it kind of made me realize like how I learn or maybe like express my learning like a little bit differently and how it takes a little bit longer. Mm. Um, so, I mean, 
And, you know, speech and language disorders are pretty common. Like one in 12 kids have it, you know. Um, And then, you know, most of them, it follows into adulthood in some form. But um, I was so privileged to be able to have the speech therapy. Yeah. Um, And I had, I think, you know, around kindergarten all the way to fifth grade. And I remember because the the kid who used to come with me to those therapy sessions, um, he had a like a lisp um, S articulation. But, um, you know, I remember spending so much time with him like because we would get pulled out of you know, our classes or whatever um, in, in school. So I, um, I hope I'm like remembering this correctly, but I feel like there is other, I think our, other than our current president, there's been another president or two who yeah. also had um, speech disorders. Yeah, it's that, pretty common. It is common. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's And I think it's good to talk about how common things like this are. Totally. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, so my, like when I think about like what shaped me um, growing up, I think about um, the moment in third grade so um, in third grade, I had a teacher who is by far one of like the, my most memorable still. Um, she was older and she had this like long gray hair and she like wore it in a huge bun. I only saw her hair down once throughout the whole year. Um, Which but, was probably a shock. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whoa, it's long. But it was such a big bun. It looked like it was like heavy for her. Um, but she was just such a great teacher. She was really good at engaging us. And um, I was a pretty outgoing kid. Like yeah. I was friends with everybody. Um, I wasn't like popular, cool, I, but I wasn't like shy and quiet. I was just kind of like, I just wanted everyone to like love each other and like have fun. And like, I was totally a teacher's pet. Like I definitely helped a lot. And, um, but you know, I was struggling with like the reading stuff. So, mm. you know, now knowing like a little bit about developmental and, you know, ways and how we, you know, um, learn, I know that in third grade, it's kind of pivotal for um, the way that we don't just learn to read anymore we read to learn we read to, oh i oh that makes sense yeah okay. so i mean we're still learning to read because you're learning new words and stuff but by third grade is when we actually like teachers will give you material to read because they know you can read it and learn it like that it, make inge- sense? you ingest it you ingest like you ingest it, you ingest it. Yeah. okay that i've never heard that before but that makes so much sense because yeah. it's like you up until this point you are learning to read mm-hmm. and now you're reading to learn yeah Oh, I love that, Rachel. So th- that was a big deal for me. And I, obviously, I didn't really know it at the time. But I, I remember being like, oh, gosh, like, this is so hard. This takes so long for me. And I noticed it right away. So like, you know, my, me and my friends would be like reading, like either together or separate. And I just noticed for me, it was harder. It took mm-hmm. longer. I was able to do it, but it just it wasn't enjoyable. And I was very in tune with what other people were doing, you know, you know, now, now that's like my observant, career. Like yeah, observant, very, very observant. observant per- okay. I was noticing other people and like, um, I just didn't like that it took me a little longer than some mm-hmm. of my friends. And there was probably kids that, it, you know, took even way longer, but like I wanted to be like, you know, normal or whatever, like average. Yeah. And um, so that really, like, I remember that exact feeling of just being like, dang, this sucks, you know, like, and I don't think I actually really related it to my speech disorder, mm-hmm. for, to be fair. But I was just like, ah, oh, like, why can't I do this better? You know, and that was really frustrating to me. Um, and then I remember like by, you know, like maybe winter time of third grade, um, my I was like, you know, again, just observing and noticing and feeling, you know, comparing myself to others. And I was like, you know, kind of just noticing, like not actually doing what I was asked to do mm-hmm. because I was so ingrained in like what others were doing. Do you know, does that yeah. make sense? Oh, that makes, absolutely. <laughs> well, and also too, I think that's very telling 
I will just say this too, and I, I know we'll touch more on this later, but I think it's very telling that you, you're you so intuitive as a person and you pick up on so much around you yeah. that how you chose your path in life. I will just say that. <laughs> yeah. But that fair. makes total sense to me. Yeah. So there was one time in um, third grade where um, we were all supposed to read a book and um, me and one of my best friends, um, who was kind of, he was a class clown, um, this teacher had to stand up and say, and me and him, and was like, I just want to acknowledge the one, two of the best readers in the class. And like, she literally made a big deal of it. I think she like gave us some sort of certificate and um, like, you know, had the kids clap for us. And it was based on a couple of books that we were, had been reading. I think, you know, it was like January at this point of the year. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have not read any of the books she's talking about. Oh, wow. I didn't read it. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even remember like how we were like, you know, like how she was basing the fact that we read it or not, besides maybe just like the way I was looking, you yeah. know, like holding yeah. the book, looking at the pages, turning them, you know. Um, but I had not read any of those books that she just had acknowledged me as being one of the best in the class. <laughs> so that was pivotal because... I was like, oh, that's way easier than like having to read. Yeah. Because again, I was reading slower and that was annoying. And um, so that started years and years of literally lying mm -hmm. about uh, <laughs> what I read or the fact that I didn't read. Yeah. No. And I think about like, you know, how how I was able to get away with some of that early on. Um, you know, we took standardized testing, you know, starting and I don't know when it's that ever started. I think it was like pretty much the mid eighties and nineties when we started doing standardized testing. But um, I remember distinctly my teachers being like, I remember my fourth grade teacher, she was really strict, mm -hmm. but I remember her being like, you know, this is not do your best. And they want us to eat a good breakfast. And they told our parents to get some rest and all this garbage. But I mean, it was probably good garbage, but you know, but I know what you mean. Like, yeah, like, okay. yeah, like we already like, well, to be fair, we already did that in my family. Like my parents already did that. But, uh, then they were like, don't worry about your, like, do your best. But like, this is not a grade for you. This is a grade for the school and for me to know oh. how much like I need to help like you guys better. And that was always told to us every year in the early 90s about the standardized testing. Yep. And my mom <clears throat> would get the scores. Um, and she's told, you know, she told me this later as an adult. And like, like her, my teachers and my mom would have a giggle like, Oh, Rachie didn't try, you know, like, oh, you know, we know she could do better, but she just didn't try on this test. And I didn't. I mean, I like literally I was clicking. I would like kind of watch the fastest kid and I would like just stay right around them. OK, um, but I would I would not <laughs> not read one question in those standardized tests. So you just went off of what you're like the student next to you was doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not like I was copying them for those. No, I know like, what you mean. It was mimicking. But yeah, it was mimicking. Like, it was mimicking like, oh, okay, now it's time to, 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 to at that time we were doing um, pencil and paper, oh, the bubbles. I remember that. I remember that. Yes. <laughs> so now I was just like, yeah, so I just said clicking. I don't mean that. I mean, bub circling the bubbles. Um, but I would just fill in bubbles. I would just, and I'd act like I was reading. I took the time to pretend. Mm. <laughs> so I don't know. It's kind of funny because it's not something I'm proud of, but now looking back, it totally shaped me. Like, how was I able to get away with this and um what was i thinking to be able to like just think that this was a better like way instead of like having to like struggle or work a little harder or get through it but well it really defined me at that point hey do you remember book it did you guys have book it where you grew up pizza hut oh yes yeah did you? yeah <laughs> so i live right down the street from pizza hut 
um, growing up. And Book It was like kind of like a reading log where <clears throat> if you got a certain amount of books um, read, then you would like your parents would have to sign off. And you'd go to Pizza Hut and you'd get a free like little personal pizza. Yep. This is, remi- this so, is ringing a bell. Yep. <laughs> so that was big in my family. My mom was very thrifty and she liked free stuff. <laughs> and um, so, you know, my brother and sister got tons of them. And like, so did I. So that was kind of the funny joke. I was like to my mom, I was like, did you like you had to sign off on these? Like, did you know that I oh, like funny? I wasn't reading any of these books. I was just eating the pizza. Like, <laughs> Yeah. At an early age, I would just, yeah, look at pictures, you know, maybe pick up some words, but I wouldn't take the time to read the sentences. I just, I felt like that was like a waste of time for me and it was Mm. going to take too long. And I was, I was just resisting against it. Yeah. Resisting. (laughs) Resisting, Mary. And that actually kind of jokes because um, like that resistance took me into like middle school as kind of feeling a little angsty. Like I do kind of remember just feeling a little bored in school, like starting in like early, you know, sixth grade, seventh grade. I was like, this is kind of boring, you know? And like, now I reflect on it. I'm like, is that because I was like not learning? Like I really wasn't like, I think I was, I was, you know, a little engaged in social studies. I kind of liked like learning about, what about math? That that's, that's interesting. I think I learned just enough to get by, but I definitely got like C's in math, Okay, (laughs) you know? And I, I do remember in high school cheating on some tests, like straight up formulas on my thigh. Oh, that's creative, Rachel. (laughs) That is creative. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Because your thigh doesn't sweat. Your palm will sweat. Yeah. So if you had shorts on, you know, thigh's a good option. You know, calf if you got oh, pants. Oh, yeah. You know? So um, it's funny to say this because I feel like I should be proud, but I'm not, Mary. It's it's a little embarrassing. I get it. But it does shape me, man. This shape me. It's vulnerable. And I think sometimes there are always going to be things in our past and even in our present that we're not absolutely like that was the best version of myself. But yeah. honestly, as I get older, I genuinely realize that when we can just speak it out loud, one, it kind of loses a little bit of power. Yeah. But two, it, it it's you're human. Yeah. And and it shows people you're human. Yeah. Well, and I like sports. I mean, there's some things I was in I was interested in. Um, unfortunately, because of the hugeness of my middle school and then high school, it was sports and stuff were so competitive. Like Oh, I can imagine. Like they still are here, unfortunately, but it was worse back then. Um, Are you a competitive person? I am actually not. Me neither. I just like being active and like playing games. Same. No, same. I just like, I'm, I kind of, I think I kind of knew that I'm just, I'm not a competitive person either by nature. No. And that might've been another reason why I didn't do it. But so soccer was the sport that I played like all through elementary, but it was just like a little recreational, you know, kind of club thing I did. Okay. Um, I did it every spring and fall. Um, but then when it was like, okay, do you want to play for the middle school? Um, I learned that the middle school or girls soccer team practiced before and after school. Ooh, like, really? A, like, they tense. literally went there at like 5.30 a.m. And they like showered there and then they went to school. And then after school, they would do it again. No. <laughs> I was like, dang, like, That's I intense. just don't picture that, you know? Like, I mean, thinking now, I'm like. I probably should have just done it because what else was I doing? You know what I mean? But I was just like, I don't know. I kind of like my independence. Like I liked my house. Like I liked hanging out with my friends. I don't know. I just, I couldn't picture myself committing. So I did not even try out for that. Well, but I, when you were saying how you, you figured by sixth grade that you were bored. Yeah. It's interesting that like you even knew like to, to say that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm bored. Yeah. I was bored. I was so, I was a, you know, extreme extrovert. Um, and so like, if I didn't have like a friend or like people to talk to, I like was just bored. I like watch TV, like, 
I don't know. I'd walk around with my dog in the neighborhood, like hang out with my brothers. What was your dog's name growing up? Betty. Betty? Yeah. I loved it. That's my mom's name. Um, Do you feel as an extrovert that you get energy from those around you? Yeah. When you're around people? And then when you're alone, how do I say it? So I'm, I'm a person, I, w- I, I think I took a test a long time ago, but I'm a person, I love people. And I know you know that. And I love being around people. But um, a lot of times I have to replenish by myself for a little bit mm-hmm. before I can be around a big group again. So like, is how, how would you say that's for yourself? I think I'm a flip. You, <laughs> like, so like, okay. In order to like be okay, like alone, I like need like, ton of activity so people, people like around you like yeah. fill you up okay that's and really- it's not like i don't like it it, it kind of got a little you know changed a little bit as going you know getting older i mean i have three kids and so i'm never alone now so i don't mind a little afternoon alone like that actually sounds you know brilliant and you know fun but <laughs> <laughs> fun. I love- no i know what you mean but i've i've heard this before like that there are individuals like you who would consider mm-hmm. yourself like you you get energy from people around you yeah like it fills up your cup. Yeah. And now that you're saying that, it's like, yeah, reading is not an extrovert activity, right? Like, no. so maybe that has something to do with you it like too. Experience? It wasn't experience. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't part of something that I wanted to do. So that time, you know. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And I think about that with my sister because my sister was such an avid reader. She still is, you know. Um, was she more of an introvert? Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah. I would say like she's pretty mid. Is that a thing? I think I just heard that. Yes, that's, it's pretty mid, <laughs> but um, she loves to read. I mean, I would like beg her to stop reading and come play with me. Oh, like yeah. I, the joke was always like, I'll make you a cheese plate. Like, Ooh, a cheese make- plate. <laughs> just stop reading and talk to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was not an activity I wanted to do. So yeah, maybe that's part of this whole thing too. You know, I don't know. It's kind of, sh- it's, it is kind of, kind of shaping. I'm starting to see why it's shaping who you are. Yeah. Um, even. I mean, and I mentioned this in the beginning of the intro, even when I um, honestly had like the the good fortune of seeing you in action mm-hmm. at what you do. And it really was. I'm not, I don't say that lightly, Rachel. That was like a life-changing day for me because we get to see our friends in action. Action, that's you. I think that's what I mean. Like you yeah. are very tangible. Like you, you, you pick up on people. You're with people. You want to look them in the eye. You don't want to be looking at a book. Yeah. You don't want to be reading from something. Huh, thanks, man. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah. And then, you know, another sport, like I had not had a lot of experience with basketball, but you know, I was like, I'm gonna try out, you know? Cause like I was, I was always like the gym class hero. Like yeah, I was were very you? short. In fact, some of my friends called me shorty. How tall are you? Now I'm like five, five. I think we're at the same. Okay. I'm about yeah. five. I think I'm five, 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 yeah. six. Okay. But yeah, so I didn't make the basketball team. And I distinctly remember that the coach, um, I, it was one of those like cut situations where like, she just slowly had people leave and then she would like meet them in the hall and say something to them. And I was actually one of the last people to get cut from the team, but it was very clear. Like all the girls in there were like super tall, like buff for some reason, like just like they're athletes. Like yeah. it was very clear. And I was like, I was hustling. I was running around the court. I mean, I didn't have a lot of like shooting ability, but like I was definitely good at defense and and that's what she told me. She was like, you know, we really, I really wanted to keep you, but she's like, honey, you're just a little too short. And she said that in the hall. She said that in the hall. Okay. Uh, okay. I hope I'm, I'm picking up on this. I appreciate that she didn't do that in front of people. I guess. But like, you're not supposed to say that. Like now I know. Oh, not like, that part. But I mean like, the, like, no, not that part about yeah. like, honey, you're too no, short. No, for but, sure. Oh yeah. Like, like not, not cutting people in front of each other, but like letting them know in the hall. Yeah. Oh, and you can't help your height. That's the thing. I know. That's what I was you like, can't. oh my gosh. So I don't know. I, I guess I bring those like 
sporty moments up because I think that that did, you know, shape me a little bit because I wasn't, I wonder if that distraction would have helped me like stay engaged in school Mm -hmm. or like stay, you know, maybe not make some decisions that I'm not super proud of later on or like, you know, that, that was like, you know, kind of an annoying part of my childhood that I wasn't able to, you know, participate in those kind of things. I think I would have really enjoyed them. Around this time, I started noticing like wealth differences in my community, like in when you were in sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, you're in your elementary school, like land and like all the kids that lived around me had similar, you know, house sizes. And, you know, there was like apartment buildings all surrounded my, you know, small, you know, three bedroom, you know, house. Um, and, you know, and not as built up as it was or is now. Yeah. I mean, it was a ranch, like, you know, well, like but St. Charles, yeah. like St. Charles was not as built up as it is now. It was, it was starting though. Okay. It was really starting to. And, you know, again, like, yeah, when I went to my friend's houses, we went to the apartments, like, mm-hmm. or a house that looked just like mine. Yeah. Then when I went in sixth grade, you know, it's, there's only two middle schools for the, I don't know, eight or 10 elementary schools at the time. And so it's different neighborhoods were, were, you know, combined in the middle school. And so people from different neighborhoods, you know, with more wealth were going, were now my classmates in my classes and I was becoming Mm -hmm. friends with them. And I mean, even like in your neighborhood between like, you know, where the middle schools are, I had a lot of friends in that area. And I mean, it was just like, okay. Yeah. I mean, their house was three times my size. Yeah. No, there is, there's a distinct difference. I've I've noticed even being here in different neighborhoods. Yeah. And that was a big, like, whoa, you know, I was, I really took a lot of interest to that. And, you know, I never thought we were like, Poor, yeah. you know, like we were like pretty comfortable. You know, my dad worked full time. My mom was working part time on and off when I was little, but then she did work, um, you know, more full time um, when I was like later elementary. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just really started noticing that, and like, I was kind of sparked me to be like a little interested in like oppression, and like you know, I watched my dad as a pastor, um, you know, helping out different communities and. I don't know. I just really started noticing my surroundings more. And, um, you know, do you think you noticed in a way that a lot of people around you didn't notice? For sure. Yeah. But I think, you know, everyone started noticing at the age. It was, there, it was a big, you know, differences in St. Charles. I mean, yes, this is, this community can, you know, carry a lot of wealth you know, around it. So <laughs> I always ask Mike to, I mean, all jokes aside, I yeah. mean, like, what do people do for that, you know, for that amount. And I mean that I'm not trying to be funny. Like what, what do you do for that amount? Yeah. Some of it's like old money though. Right. It's like, you know, generations and, you know, we could get into that, but yeah, I, uh, so I, I I definitely started noticing that and it kind of made me a little angsty. Did it? It did because it wasn't, again, it wasn't like, I felt like I was never, I was not, I'm still not, I'm not a jealous person. It wasn't like, but you're just like noticing and you're like noticing people's bedrooms and noticing people's space. And like, you know, when we went to the movies with a friend, like they would get a $20 bill and my mom would give me $4 and 25 cents. That's yeah. how much the movie costs. And yeah. I would just be like, dang, like, okay. Like it was just, it was definitely like started to shape, like, you know, like, I don't know, a little change in me. Um, and then here I am, you know, going to school and avoiding doing hard work, you know, avoiding doing the reading. I, w- I had not read since third grade, you know, and. Well, I do have a question. Yeah. I know you had said, you know, you lied, right? You lied your way through, but like, did you ever confide in a friend? No. No. Okay. Literally never. Like I, I was, I guess I was probably embarrassed and I was just like, yeah, no, I literally never told anybody. No, Rachel, I, 
Trust me, I understand that. I, I just, mean, I, you know, as an adult, I have. But I don't think people really believe me sometimes. Like I if really, you were to tell them, they'd be like, no. Yeah, like I think I've even told like at the girls group, you oh, know, yeah. hang out. And like, I think everyone's like, okay, Randy, like, we don't know what you're talking about. Like, that's weird. You know, like, I'm not like in a mean way, but just like, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Like, yeah, it wouldn't like, it do, I would think now as as who you are as an adult and what you do, like, it doesn't add up. No, right? it doesn't like, add up. Like, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, I know. Like, so you're doing you fine me, now. So whatever. <laughs> I know, but I think it's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and then like, yeah, when I got into high school, again, more of the angst and, um, you know, I think I felt like, you know, a little bit of an outsider, you know, like, um, and I think some of it had to do maybe with the, you know, the dynamic of St. Charles, but I think also it had to do with, um, you know, me lying and like, not being a part of like something that at this point now I was like really behind. Like there was like, yeah. like I couldn't read what they were giving me. Like, okay. even if I tried and I, I mean, I'm not saying I never tried. Like I'd be like, all right, you're supposed to read, you know, one chapter a week or whatever night or, and I would like look at it in my bed and I would like look at, you know, at these words and like I could get through a couple pages and then I'd just be like, oh, you know, I just give up. I was yeah. like, this is just insane. Like how, who could do this like this, you yeah. know, and I didn't I don't think I even recognized the fact that it's probably because I hadn't I kept skipping doing it for years and years so that now, you know, if you would have kept with it, then it would have been equal to your level. But now I was just I was too far behind. I was yeah. just like um, everything took me so long. And so then I would just I wouldn't do it. And so you could Google popular books and read you know, two paragraphs and kind of know the gist, right? Like, no, like, like a you got bit the synopsis, it. like you were like, that's it. And I was a decent writer. So like, even I remember like junior year of high school, like all that, like we had to write like papers. Mm -hmm. Like I could write a paper on something that I read a cliff notes on. Like I oh, was able yeah. to produce that, you know? So that was kind of my hack for like getting around those English classes. Um, but I was so bored in school. I was like not engaged at all. Um, I don't know. I guess I did kind of go to school high once in a while, Mayor. <laughs> no, Rachel, this is the space to talk about it. I mean, you know, I'm not proud of it, uh, but... I think I want to share that because I think it kind of like it shaped me, you yeah. know, I was, I was angst. I was <clears throat> bored. I was like, I just, I wasn't engaged. Like, I, and I don't want to like blame teachers. I don't want to blame the institution, but I like part of me kind of does like, you know, like why, why was I like, you know, um, I read an article recently and, um, you know how Google like can read your mind and like gives you like Oh, and they feed. listen to us. They listen yeah, to us. Uh, like, I'm interested in what they're going to say oh, now. I can't wait to see what our phones pop up but after yeah. this. <laughs> What our Google feed says is, um, you know, what I'm thinking. So, yeah, no, recently I read something that was about, like, um, what would schools look like if they were run by those who d didn't do well in school? Because, you know what I mean? Like, think about the people. Oh, like, yeah. Like, teachers, like, it's very rare to have a teacher be like, yeah, I sucked in school. Like, I'm sure they're, 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 they, it happens. That's such a good know? question. But the people who did well in school are <clears throat> still making school. They're They're mm -hmm. forming curriculums. They're making the standardized tests. Like. Yeah. The people who didn't go, you know, do well in school are just like, I'm done with school. I don't want anything to do with it. I mean, yeah. typically, not always. I mean, I'm kind of the exception to that. But, um, you know, how could we make it different? And, you know, I kind of think well, about that stuff. Well, don't you think, too, because I think with that level. So if you did have those individuals, and I think I would probably fit into that category, too. I wasn't like an ex excellent student by any means. Yeah. But if you had more people with empathy and compassion, do you know what I mean? Who could like who would what you're saying, like they weren't the best students. Yeah. They didn't do great. They weren't like in on the honors classes, but they had uh, a keen sense for picking up on others. They yeah. were observant. They had empathy. They could be more um, 
helpful with students and they can notice it in kids. Mm, yeah, I, like I didn't that. write that article, but I've just, you know, <laughs> I like, I love that that's an article. I'd love to read it. Would you share it with me? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I was getting B's and C's in school and, you know, I, I just got through it. I, there was a couple, um, you know, classes that I was interested in, like psychology, photography. Um, those are nice like outlets for me. Um, you, you still like photography? I mean, I take some pictures here and there. I don't really do it as like a creative outlet. Um, okay. But I did get into it. I mean, we were developing photos like in the photo lab, like oh, that's in the cool. dark room. Yeah, yeah. That was really, that's cool. I wish like that that's an art form thing, you know, I would go to Leroy Oaks with my friends. Oh, I've only been there once. <laughs> oh my gosh. Would you want to go? Oh, for sure. I love Leroy Oaks. I, I, I spent a lot of time growing up in there with your husband. He oh. was often there. Um, can I tell you what we he, used ca- to he go calls there it? With, like drums and like just dance around. And- I learned it a different name. Can I tell you what that is? <laughs> yes, you can. I think I know it. Leroy Tokes. Correct. Okay, right. correct. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> that is the correct name. Um, what was I going to say? I do feel like I don't know. I do feel like with all the the trends I'm seeing, like if you notice now, a lot more people have record players and records. Yeah. So wouldn't you assume that that means that photography and it's true Ooh, art form yeah. is going to come back in terms of dark rooms. Yeah. Well, like the, um, what's the pictures that are oh, like Polaroids came oh, back. For yeah. a minute. That was cool. Yeah. I mean, it's still kind of here, but like that was like cheap as heck at like target or whatever. Um, so yeah. What about like dark rooms and developing pictures? And it's something that I think a high school, you know, should definitely it's tangible offer. Yeah. It's, tan- it's engaging. It was cool. I mean, I was doing it. Like I was there in the mornings before school, like, Oh, it keep me, yeah. I was in the photo club. Like that That's was cool. the one thing that I did do because it gave me more darkroom time and I wanted to develop pictures. And I, I also like to work. see those pictures too. I do have some. Okay. So yeah, some people that you recognize. So <laughs> some people, some people you'll recognize. <laughs> yeah. But the, I think the big pivotal point for uh, high school with me was um, being involved in some of the, like the vocational programs. So I got, I got to do a, um, I don't remember what they called it back then, some sort of work program where I was able to leave school early every day um, in order to go, well, once for like this internship and then once for um, actually to go to a job. Where was the internship? So the internship one was actually at my my old elementary school. Oh, cool. In that third grade classroom. Now it was a different teacher, but it was literally that Rachel? same exact classroom. Rachel, yeah. are you serious? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very, that's very symbolic, Rachel. Yeah. Actually, it was my art teacher who was the third grade teacher at the time. She's like, she was my art teacher when I was in third grade, and now she's a third grade teacher. So um, I was literally back in that room. And that, maybe that, you know, makes me reflect on that, you know, that scene more, you mm-hmm. know, because I was, I had some time back there when I was, what, 16 or something. Um, but I was literally able to leave school and go there like at 1.30 or something. And I spent like an hour or so there um, just observing the class. And like, man, like I, I always pictured I'd be like an elementary school teacher. I don't know why, you know, like at that age. At that age, so in high school, that's what you had pictured yourself maybe, as. Like I don't know why. I think because I liked, I like teachers. I like you know, like helping people. And um, but when I got to this program and this internship, I was like, oh my god, I care less about any of these academics. Like mm-hmm. the teachers teaching like math, and I'm just like, this is so boring. Like I was still bored, you know. It was, but I was like so interested. So there was like this one girl in my in the class that didn't speak any English. She was just sitting in the class and there she was being taught in English and she, you know, only knew Spanish. I was like, just fascinated. And there was like this one kid who kept picking his nose in the back of the, <laughs> but like he, like people saw him and right, he like right, didn't right. care. And then there was like the class clown who just kept, you know, 
getting in trouble the whole time. And I was like, I don't care about whatever she's teaching, whatever they're learning. I care about like these three kids. Like, oh, wow. So that kind of stuck with me. Um, you know, like, yeah. When I you were, were you 16? Elementary. Yeah, 16, 17. Yeah, I think I was a junior. Um, yeah. Have you ever thought about that, that you went back to the third? That was Oh, like, for sure, yeah. That's incredible. It was cool. It was a really cool program. I, I you know... We need more of those because that really got me out of the boredom and like the just being disengaged and angst. Like I was able to be kind of like a little bit professional and like, you know, this was interesting to me. And I liked, I liked the independence. I like, I, you know, I found out real soon after that I have a really good work ethic. Like mm-hmm. I liked working. So, yeah. so the next internship program that I had was I, they let me leave every day um, to go to Gloria Jeans. Do you remember mm. Gloria Jeans? There was, yes. I used to go there. Um, I worked at the body shop in the mall when I was oh, yeah. in high school. And I would go to Gloria Jeans every day before my shift, which is, I mean, was it healthy for me? I'm not really sure. <laughs> Depends but, on what you got. I mean, um, I think I probably got one of those like, but I was also like 17 with the 17 year old metabolism. I think I had like the vanilla bean, oh. whatever. It's not a Frappuccino, but mm-hmm. whatever their version is. Yeah. Okay. I love, okay. Can I just, I want to give a little plug. Whenever mm-hmm. we have parties and we discovered this two years ago, and you were like, wait a second, I know how to use this espresso machine. So now <laughs> I, um, I would say, Rachel is how to use the espresso machine in the house. And I love it because if like we have a party mm-hmm. and um, someone's like, who wants who wants an espresso? Rachel's like, I got it. And I'm going to make it for everyone. And you make really good like lattes and espressos. Thank you. You're very yeah. welcome. Yeah, a couple of years of experience. It was a cool first job. Wait, did I mean, you like that job? Yeah, I did. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know how long I worked there. I did actually have a little stint in um, Starbucks too later, later on, but. It was a decent job. Yeah. Were so. you bored? No, I wasn't bored. Mm. I liked, I liked helping people. I liked, you know, like even like the cleaning part, you like felt proud of like your work, like productive. You, I felt productive yeah. and I made money. And oh, Rachel, I, that, it was that so satisfying. Yeah. That resonates with me. I totally get that. Yeah. I want to do, I do want to say something though, what you were talking about with your internship. Mm-hmm. I, I always found it fascinating. And I had a girlfriend when, um, when we were in college she applied to go to uh, business school right after college, but she was told she had to have a year of work experience to understand what she actually wanted to do. Whoa. I know. And I think about that sometimes because how do you, like with you being able to go into a classroom when you're 16 and actually see tangibly, maybe I want to do this. How do you know you want to do something unless you can see it, not just read about it? For sure. Yeah. Exposure to that kind of scenarios and different jobs and, Get a hands-on feeling because just going from reading about it and learning about it and then just doing it, there's no context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely recommend, you know, more of those kind of programs in the world. And You know, maybe I can have a part someday on, on that, you know. Process. I think you will. I think you can help with that. I, I do have one more thing that I want to ask you, though, too, about school at the time. Did at this At this point, had any teacher ever pulled you aside and asked? No, Mary. Like literally no. Like I was just such a fraud. Wow. Nobody knew. I'm not, no, I'm not a fraud, but I'm just like I Well, yeah. That I I also don't like to shift blame or place blame, but I would I would have hoped someone would have taken the time. You are a person that would have noticed if a kid I I just I'd hope so. I know this about you. Yeah. And I can say this as a friend. I Rachel, you are very observant. Mm-hmm. Even if like someone's off a little bit, I feel like you would have taken the time to say, "Hey, like is everything okay at home? Mm-hmm. Or like, are you doing okay? Like, are you picking up what this means? Yeah. 
I mean, you know, I think about it now and it's like, you know, I never got busted with anything. Like I Nothing? <laughs> I really did it. And I, I, I wasn't like, you know, breaking you need the to law do a, You need to day. do a TED talk on how like. I really never got busted. I, I mean, you know, I think about it. It's like, all right. Yeah. I'm like white. I'm like a, a girl. Yeah. Like right there. Those two yeah. things make me yeah. like way less at risk of getting arrested. But even smaller things like getting yelled at by a teacher or a principal. That's or so like, true. Yeah. You know, like even my brother, who obviously is still is like white, but like he would get. He, he, like we would do the same thing and he would get more in trouble like yeah. in a school environment yeah. in, a, in a store environment like and it's good to it's actually good to uh, vocalize that yeah i mean i recognize true. That it, it happens like, yeah i do wonder sometimes you know like and even getting like later and like making some you know even worse decisions like you know how that would have ended up for me if i didn't have mm. this privilege and i mean you know again i was outgoing i was always the helper so even though i was like lying to their face the teachers I would like help them. I'd be like, you know, their blackboard, you know, cleaner. Almost like, kind of like covering it up so they never would ask. Maybe. Or I think that's just things that I enjoyed doing. It wasn't like I was trying oh. to hide it, but it was like, that was a normal, that was what I wanted to do. But I just like, I didn't want to have to like struggle with the work. And again, at that point, it needed more than I think they could offer, you know? Um, um, how long? So after Gloria Jeans, did you have, what was the next job? And was that job? Um, impactful in any way. Well, I did work at Italian Dreams very briefly. Um, I think that was like almost the same time as Gloria Jeans. I don't know. I was so into it. I was like, oh my gosh, you can make money. I, but I think Italian Dreams might've been before because I, um, I got dropped off there and it was cl- real close to my house. Um, but I worked as like a phone person for a pizza place, you know? Oh yeah. Um, and then, and then when I turned 16, I got a job at Colonial, um, did you but, like your time at Colonial or like was oh, it? Oh, I loved it. I yeah. mean, I was there a lot. I would work like six days a week sometimes, like during like during, senior year. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, you were probably making good money. <laughs> and I would like do doubles on Sundays. And I don't know. I They liked me over there. Clearly, they like, gave me a lot of extra hours. And Were you bored? Um, I was not bored. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved getting off work and having <clears throat> just like a stack of money and like, you know, I could go out my own food mm-hmm. and, you know. Yeah, do some things that, you know, I'm not super proud of either. Getting in trouble, you know. Oh, at Colonial? Um, no, I'm just saying after I left Colonial. Oh, after you left money, Colonial. Oh, yeah. You know, I maybe experimented a little bit with some things. Um, but I, uh, you know, my mom was, my mom and dad were like, you know, you have to put, what was it, half? I think it was at least half of all the money you make to your college fund. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, that makes and, sense. And like, you know, I, I usually try to follow that. Um, but... You know, sometimes you just get so much cash. You just give them, you know, well, it's hard. Some of it. I mean, think, think about <laughs> it. In, like, yeah. in theory, you're 16. And in theory, yeah, you want to be responsible, but you're also 16. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you make 200 bucks on a night and you're like, hmm. What am, I could like, well, yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of clothes, but like, I mean, yeah, um, there could be other things you could do with it. Yeah. I mean, you know, like drive like one of your coworkers to, you know, the beer store, and then they happen Aww. to like get you that some. That was very generous know? of you to get you, give them a ride. <laughs> yeah, they might help me out a little too. So, yeah, I mean, you know, during that time, it was a lot of my friends um, in high school, like senior year, we started kind of splitting up a little bit. Some of us like, eh, like, you know, took some of this experimenting thing I'm talking about to an extreme and like mm. ended up in rehab, ended up like, you know, like, I don't know if anyone was quite arrested yet, but like early college they were like i don't know i think it got I, to the point of rehab yeah okay yeah although i don't know if they're bsing as much as me about um their work but then they would get worse grades you know what i mean like i always felt like a little bit confident about my hack of like figuring out how to get through school 
because I watched my friends who I always thought were smarter than me. And I'm clearly more intellectual, like able to, you know, more well-spoken or more Mm. um, like I just knew that they could read a book like faster than me. I just knew they could, you know? Yeah. but I was like, so why don't you just like get this grade? Like, why? What? What's? What are you holding up? You know. And I watched a lot of my friends who, like, I knew, you know, had that ability and just didn't do it. And I, and I felt kind of that it did give me a little bit of confidence, maybe to be like, well, I can just do it without even doing the work. You yeah. know, like. And again, it's not like something I was proud of, but I think it did get me through to be like a little bit like, well, I've got something. I don't know really what it is mm-hmm. because it's not allowed, right? It's not yeah. allowed to lie. Like you're supposed to do the thing that you're told to do um, in this order. Um, but it seemed to still work out for me. So I think that was probably pretty significant too. But Oh, yeah. Yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah. Well, so now it's senior year. It's time to take your ACTs. <laughs> Remember oh that? Did you guys take SATs um, or ACTs? Is the, AT, the ACT is the one with the smaller number? I think I only took my ACT. Yeah, smaller number. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't do great on it. I think I got like a 23. Yeah. Yeah, that's about average for is it? like our middle class white like community. Like, um here in you know St. Charles, but um, yeah, so that is kind of when um, I got busted. <laughs> really? I mean, not really, but like my own self, and I think everyone, you know, maybe my close family were like, "Oh shoot, um, I got a 12. on your ACT." Yeah, and that was like legit. Like I got a twelve. Did you? Okay, I did you? Did you? Uh, how do I say this? Um, I know you were saying on the other standardized tests. You would just kind of mimic what people. Yeah. No, I tried to take it because I knew it was okay. for college. Okay. And in my household, which I appreciate, totally recommend as a parent now, is like my parents just told me like you're going to college. Like it's like it's not like you're going to college. It's just like oh yeah, like college is part of your life. Like you'll mm-hmm. go to there after you're done with high school, you continue to college. It was, yeah. And I they kind of like that was kind of the thing. Like I remember late, you know, again like being the like, teenagers and some of my friends. You know, very close to me, the one I live with, being like, I'm not sure I'm going to go to college. And I was like, what? Like, that's a choice? And it was so ingrained in me by, you know, 16, 17 that I was like, I don't know, I'm going. Like, you're supposed to go. And yeah. I've, been, I've, been, I've been saving for it with my little yep. colonial money and glory jeans and Italian dreams. And so I definitely thought I was going. Um, so, yeah, you know, step one. It probably it was junior year when I took it the, the first time um, and I got a 12. And I was like, oh, crap, you know, and yeah. I tried. Um, but... Yeah. So then, you know, I'm watching my friends get, yeah, like 23, 24. I had friends who got 30. Well, and let me say something too. Don't, I didn't mean it like, like, oh, I only got like, yeah. I just, I know at the time, I think my parents were probably hoping, I, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I would do be better. That. I don't do really well with tests. Yeah. Well, a lot of, I don't think a lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah. I found out I don't either, but maybe that was because of, it was, maybe it was a fair reflection of my ability. I mean, yeah, it would be fair, but I didn't, you know, I didn't really put that together until I got that score. And I was like, oh, hell. So, you know, my parents, you know, again, privileged, you know, family. They they asked me if I wanted to do, you know, an ACT prep class or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, they have them like Huntington Learning Center now or whatever oh, yeah. kind of thing. Um, and so I did it. And, you know, that's when they guarantee you're going to up your score. And I took that class twice, actually. Um, and I, I, I was able to improve my score to a 17. And I took That's it. That's great. I think I took it three times and I literally got 17 every time. Like I just kept taking the test thinking like it was going to get better. It was going to get, I didn't know anybody who got less than a, than a 20. Been getting through, you know, this far under the radar with A's, B's and C's. But now like this is clear. And so, you know, applying to college was just like, who's going to accept the 17? Yeah. Um, literally nobody. No college, um, you know, except for a community college. Where'd you, do you mind if, where'd you apply? Well, you know, like Illinois State, University of, 
uh, Illinois. I wanted to go to like Colorado or like Minnesota or, yeah. you know. Yeah, I played a lot of places. Okay. A lot of places. And yeah, it was just like rejection, rejection, rejection. Mm-hmm. But there was one college that my dad went to. Um, you know, my parents grew up in Minnesota and my dad went to Augsburg College, which is in Minneapolis. It's a private okay. uh, religious college, Lutheran college, um, downtown Minneapolis. It's a cool location. Actually, it's right where my, near where my sister lives and my aunt um, and uncle live uh, right now. Um, but, but the joke always was because my dad kind of wanted me to be a pastor, to be honest. Like, you know, he would say stuff like that. Like, yeah, he'd be like, oh, you're my kid. That's going to be a pastor. Um, you know, I think he saw me, the helping well, profession yeah. and the you like outgoing, to, you know, kind of. You care about people, Rachel. Yeah. And so, like, that was kind of a family joke of mine, which I didn't appreciate at the time. But, you know, now looking back, it's like, yeah, it's probably p- pretty fair. They picked up on some things that I'm good at. Um, but we would drive to, you know, to Minneapolis to visit family and the college you can see right from the highway. And they'd be like, there's Rachie's college. She's going to go there. I mean, like when I was like 10, you know what I mean? So I was like, no way, I'm not going there. Like, you know, yeah. just kind of angsty. But but then when I realized that, like, because I did apply there. You, you know, did. I did. Uh, that was the only college that accepted me. Um, and it was because, well, I found out when I got there that they did do a lot of second chances. Um, there was, like, literally, like, a rehab kind of program in the school, which is kind of ironic. Not that I needed things like that, but it was like, oh, I can relate with, you know, some of those issues, uh, you know, with some of my friends and whatnot. But also just, like, yeah, I mean, it was expensive. And if you can pay, if you want this kind of, um, you it's know, private. schooling, yeah. yeah, you can come. And I think my dad, you know, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but I think I did get a couple grand off or something because it was he was an alumni, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I wanted to get the heck out of St. Charles, you know. Yep. Like, a lot of my friends moved to Colorado. I had a friend move to Florida. Like, no one was staying here, you know, yeah. in my mind. Um and even my parents were actually going to move. So my parents moved to Rockford right after I um, graduated high school. But um, so, yeah, that was pretty big, like, you know, reflection of like, OK, you know, this didn't work out. <laughs> like, well, Were you kind of were you excited when you got accepted? I mean, I didn't want to go there. Yeah. So it was like, all right, fine, I'll go there, you yeah. know, kind of thing. I wanted to get out of town. So that was the reason I was like, fine. Um, but you know, they, they made you take religion classes and I was super angsty despite, you know, my upbringing <laughs> and I want to take that class. And, um, it wasn't my style. I was hoping for like a big university. Oh, yeah. I wanted like, you know, a lot of like, you know, creative clubs and, you know, I wanted to live in like a big dorms and, um, I did not like, it was a very small school. It's and, very like, Most people yeah. went there were, you know, very religious or they were getting the second chance. Like it was. It was different. I like Minneapolis, though. It was cool to be able to live there for a year. Have you ever been there? Oh, yeah. I love Minneapolis. Yeah. It's cool. It's a very artsy city. It is. Um, I did not know about this college, though. I probably should have stuck around, but I was so like, I didn't choose this school. Like, I I just had to come here because I am a bad test taker. That's what I, that is what I told everyone, by the way. Is that what you, okay. But I mean, when you look back, it's like, eh, you kind of didn't learn for, you know, eight years of your... (laughs) So wait, so did it shift when you got to college? Yeah, it sure did. So I did have to take like remedial English classes, like 098 and, you know, 099 classes. Um, And I learned to read. I I did. I mean, I did. That's great, Rachel. Yeah. So I learned that like, okay. And I think, you know, with that internship I did in high school, I learned that I wanted to be, you know, something like a social worker. I didn't really know exactly where or what, but I knew that I wanted to to do that. And I knew I needed a college degree to do it. Okay. And so I was like, all right, well, 
you know. Um, and I mean, I, you know, I'm not saying I never read Cliff Notes in college. I'm sure I did. I, mean, I definitely cut some corners, but I was not cheating anymore. I wasn't lying. I was, I was like doing most of the work, and um, you know, it was hard. The work is hard. It yeah, is. It was. Um, and I got through those remedial classes, which were a pain in the butt because then it's like you know puts you back to graduating. But I was like, nope, not for me. I'm graduating in four years, like I'm supposed to. Um, so I, I was trying to get to ISU um, just because I had, you know, um, some friends there and stuff. And I knew that was like a reasonable but don't cost you kind of, and location. But don't you kind of find it interesting that, and maybe you've never thought about it until you talk about it. And then like you have someone see it from the outside. But all of this was happening, you know, while you're at home, right? You're not learning, right? You're not picking mm-hmm. up on stuff. And it takes you going away somewhere that has been <laughs> like ingrained in your head since you were like 10 years old and, uh, to and go away from your family to a place you did not want to go yeah. almost to be like, um, I mean, however you want to look at it, but like, it was like forced, like you had to, like yeah. you had to do it. Yeah. And like, you didn't have the, dis- I'm not saying that there were distractions, but maybe you didn't have the distractions in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I mean, were you bored? Um, I did get a job pretty quick okay. because I found myself bored. Um, but yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And I used to go like, I would go, like I took advantage of the city. Like I went to a lot of concerts downtown Minneapolis and, you know, things like that. I remember seeing, um, uh, the Whalers. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, Mar- Bob, Bob Marley. Marley yeah. That was one of my, like, oh, I was like so fun walking downtown to. Of that show, but so, so, but even going in, you knew you were, you were out, you were like, I'm out, yeah. I, I didn't really give it a good chance, okay. Um, but yeah, so I'm just trying to apply to ISU, you know. I was always just like on top of like what credits I needed, where can I go, like, I was just like, you know, fascinated with this planning aspect and okay. on top of stuff. And so, I, you know, I applied to ISU as soon as I could with my decent grades. I mean, I got all A's and B's at Augsburg, that's awesome, and um. But they still wouldn't accept me for my sophomore year. Really? Yeah. And I was like, just devastated. I mean, that was tough. I wanted to come back. And I was a little homesick. You know, my parents are pretty awesome. And I wanted to be closer to them. And then I had already like a little friend group, you know, at ISU that I wanted to get back with. And um, and I, I think, yeah, again, I, I didn't give up. I was pretty stubborn on the Augsburg front. I did not give it a chance. But um, but I was just like, I'm out of here. I don't care. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, my I... I devise this plan that my parents were like, okay, it sounds like you got everything, you know, they, they really trusted me with my decisions because they saw that I was so well, like informed and like researched. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, and you know, they saw me and my jobs and stuff being so successful. And so I like found a roommate actually it was through like my, someone, my dad knew pastor's daughter, whatever. I found a roommate who lived in normal where Illinois state mm-hmm. university is. I moved <clears throat> in this apartment with her and I went to the community college Oh, what is it called? Um, Heartland, yep. Heartland Community College. Yep, I remember that. I had a friend. I had a friend go there. That's really okay. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and um, so I went there just the first semester, and then finally Illinois State <laughs> took me in. Um, but I oh, actually, for your second semester? Yeah, the second semester, sophomore year. <coughs> and so I still lived in the apartment until I moved closer to the university because that was kind of far first um, that first year, but. Anyway, like, you know, I was learning to read. I was still working. I, um, you know, I, but I, I learned that, you know, community college is a lot cheaper. And, you know, honestly, the classes I think are a little easier too. Yeah. I think maybe because they're smaller, you know, you feel more, for me, I needed that engagement with the teacher, with the professor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of Illinois State, a lot of those early classes were like, you know, 
huge lecture halls, yep. you know, in a big theater um, facility. And so I learned like this actually is not only cheaper, but it helps me learn. And um, so I took as many community college classes as I can. In fact, I went to, when I came back for summers, I went to Rock Valley Community College, which mm-hmm. is near Rockford. And then because I was working at Colonial here, um, having to commute back and forth from Rockford, but still coming here. I went to Elgin Community College too for a, like a Mike class. went there. <laughs> yeah. ECC. ECC, man. So, so yeah, it took me all, you know, I definitely realized like the hack of, you know, getting through college and um, yeah. When you got to ISU, did you feel like a sense of like true accomplishment? Yeah, I, I, I did, I guess. I, um, I felt like that was the college experience I wanted, you know, just like this classic, like, safe town but like huge college kind of sprawling around um where you could go you know from dorm to dorm and i mean i didn't like join a sorority or anything you know oh, me oh about yeah that. No, i, I was not in any clubs i worked a lot you know that was my sorority like or my my away from the campus you make like, your own sorority yeah you got your own you know you make your own people yeah but i mean like i learned i love social work program there you know i have some pro- college professors that i really felt were very influential to me and i'm still in touch with a couple of them even and um, so, yeah, I felt like, you know, that was, that's what I wanted to learn. I didn't mm. want to learn about like other yeah. things. I want to learn about social work. So, so when you did have those classes, you were engaged? Oh, I was so into it. I was like in the front taking notes, like. Not bored. No, I wasn't bored. That's awesome, Rachel. <laughs> did you graduate from ISU? Yeah. So I graduated from ISU and I decided that kind of like, I did an internship <clears throat> actually with DCFS <clears throat> in normal. With, I followed this investigator around. That was an intense experience. But it may, definitely made me realize I did not want that as a social work job. To work for DCFS? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was just like, nah, I don't, I couldn't picture that. Um, but I did like the education system. And I was like kind of fascinated with the, my experience through this education system, you know. And, um, you know, so I, I looked into school social work and UIC um, had an advanced standing program. Um, luckily, you did not have to take the GRE. Oh, you know, right. like, yeah. You have to take free imagine. That was super lucky. I had a decent GPA from ISU. I think. Do you have to have a master's of social work to do what you do? Yeah. Okay. To be a school social worker. <clears throat> yeah. And then a clinical social worker later, I had I took a, like a licensing test and some supervision hours. But yeah, you have to have a master's. So. Did you go straight to UIC after ISU? I did. Yeah. When did you graduate with your master's? 2005. It was only a year program? Yeah. It was this advanced standing program. So I wasn't able to work. Although I still worked, but like not very much. <laughs> I, still, I, I had still to work, Mary. Well, oh, I yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, not only was I like paying how, for it myself, you know, exactly. but also just, um, yeah, I needed that busyness. So I lived uh, I lived in Logan Square, commuted, took the blue line mm. down to uh, UIC. And uh, yeah, it was a year program. I did it through Chicago Public Schools where I did my internship. They did not pay me a dime. I tried. There was, there was Chicago's, you know, was going through changes with... Um, the union and hiring. So there was like a hiring freeze. None of us got hired that first year um, we graduated. Um, so I actually managed a pizza restaurant for a little while. Oh, yeah. In the higher regency. Which one? Connie's Pizza. Love Connie's. Yeah. Um, so I did that for a minute. And then I like worked at Chicago Job Corps as a yeah. social worker. Yeah. I know Chicago the South Side. And then, and then I did get hired um Chicago Public Schools. What year? Uh, must have been 2006. So how long, so you, gosh, you've been at social work now. Eight, no. I kind of say 20 years because like I started the internship, you know, You did, so you've been at social work for 20 yeah. years? Yeah, pretty much. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Do you love it? I love it. 
I love my job. You so do much. love it. Yeah. You can honestly say that. Like you yeah. love it. Yeah. <sighs> do you ever get bored? No, I absolutely never get bored. Okay, that's good. I love your continuing question with that because that's a really good point. You know, I I do love to read. Like I love books and stuff. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that I'm a better audible learner. Mm-hmm. Like to, I do all audible. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. It's just it sinks in more. Yeah. And if I really need to do it, um, because I'm studying, I'll tell you a little bit more about that too. But um, you know, if I really need to learn it, I will do both. Like I will, you know, read a book and listen to it at the same time. So it really oh, sinks like, in. Yeah. Like I'll oh. follow along. Like I just like this last book I got assigned. I what are you studying oh. for, Rachel? <laughs> <laughs> So glad you asked. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. No, so I actually, it's kind of funny though. It kind of did have to do with my Spanish, like, you know, my articulation. I'm like, ah, I just felt so discouraged. Um, but one of my other long time life goals were to, was to get my doctorate degree. Mm, that's so incredible. Um, I applied and got in at University of Louisville um, in their school social work program. Um, it was a doctoral program for leadership and teaching. Um, so I'm in my second year now. Congratulations. I think that's really inspiring. Thank you. Well, if all goes well, I'll be Dr. Jenkins in May 2025. All will go well, and you (laughs) will be Dr. Jenkins. And I think now knowing this story and having people hear it, it's even honestly that much more inspiring, knowing your struggle. You know, really think about it. I mean, and I don't mean it like that. And I don't ever want to take away from anyone. Everyone literally has their own path and journey. And I don't want to take away from anyone's, right? Because most of the time we don't know the struggle behind a story. Yeah. And there usually is, there usually is always a struggle, but I think because you vocalized yours and you, you're talking about it and because of your profession, to me, it's going to be that much more special when you get your doctorate. Yeah. I think it might be my way of like, you know, like taking um, responsibility or like control, I should say like of my own like academic experience, you know, I mean like, you know, this didn't, you know, like even though, you know, it's a funny almost, I can laugh now, you know, about my lying and cheating, like, you know, luckily never gotten caught. Um, you know, like I found ways to overcome and like, yeah, you did. Yeah. And now look at me now, like, I'm going to just like get to the top of this like academic little tier, you know? Well, your story makes me more human, especially with being a social worker. I would think you can honestly, if you do see a student, go, you know, you can see the struggle. Yeah. Um, that was Rachel, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that story. I mean, is there anything else you want to add to that story? Otherwise, I have like a couple of questions I always love to ask at the end. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah? Yeah. Um, okay. So the big first question would be, is what has your story taught you about yourself and about life? Um, well, I guess my mom had it right. So she used to always call me her never give up girl. Oh my God. And she still does that. Does she? I, now I'll notice it when she says all these things. I used things. to be like, oh, come on, mom. Like, but like, that's because like, you know, she saw me and she saw like what I was good at. And, you know, some people might call it stubborn, <laughs> strong-willed. She'd always just say, yeah. She'd be like, you're my never give up girl. Mm. And, you know, yeah, despite my struggle, my disinterest, um, despite the education system that kept telling me that I'm not good enough. I mean, that that 17, that 12 on the ACT score just... Yeah you know, made me realize like, dang, you know, um, despite the speech and language, you know, disorder that still, you know, messes with me once in a while, I didn't give up and now I'm getting my doctorate. Yes, you are. I know. I like, I look forward to May of 2025. I look forward to calling you Dr. Jenkins. (laughs) Please don't. No, no, I won't call you until May of 2025. But even then, you can still call me. Can I call you Dr. Rachel? (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. Talk about it. TBD. (laughs) To be determined. Um, Oh, I love that, Rachel. 
Um, and I love that your mom calls you that. That's really, moms know, right? Yeah. Moms know. Yeah, she um, something. So my second story, or my second story, my second question is, how does your story inspire you to show up in this world? I mean, I think we talked about it. It does 100%. I mean, as a school social worker, I advocate for kids who struggle with school, like regardless if it's academics, socially or emotionally, you know, due to this like systemic racism or poverty, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, all kids, I, I believe, need a social worker, especially in middle school. You know, we mm-hmm. could all use like a little oh, bit of extra absolutely. social emotional learning. Um, but, yes. you know, I do feel like, you know, noticing, you know, the community I grew up in um, and then like, you know, in Chicago, where I did my internship and ended up working for over 10 years, like, you know, some kids, I feel like deserve it more. They need mm-hmm. it more. Yeah. And um, so I did choose those neighborhoods and, you know, um, specifically because I feel like they deserve my hard work. You know, they deserve my ability to never give up on them. Um, Mm. And, you know, I feel like choosing, you know, to better my education and my development and to stay in the school because, um, you know, not everyone stays. I feel like our education system is like at all time, like shit show in general right now. I mean, with standardized testing and, no, like it needs BS. to, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, does it almost need to hit rock bottom so it can be rebuilt? I mean, you know, again, who's writing the curriculums? These yeah, kids yes. who did really well, you know, like the standardized testing too. Like I'm reading um, this book right now for for my class that I really appreciated something he said. It's I, by Ibram uh, Kennedy, How to Be oh, Anti-Racist. Yeah. Yes. Did you yes. know that? Um, I, I know of that book because of a lot of the podcasts I listen yeah. to. And because, um, yes, yes. So I'm really appreciating some of the things. First of all, I love that he's exactly my age. He was also born in 1982. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And, okay. that, and that's helping mm. me because he's talking about certain references yep. um, that I like totally get. And it's cool to hear like his obviously, you know, very different experience, you know, being like, you know, African-American male, mm-hmm. um, but us having, you know, same age and, you know, things are the same things happening in the that world. That makes a difference, it Rachel. Really did, it really because I haven't read a book like that from somebody my age. You know, okay. I, oh. I have read several other books similar to that. Um, but not not like that. So one thing that he said that really stuck with me and um, was about standardized testing. And he says, you know, instead of, you know, standardized testing, we should have standardized opportunity, oh, you know, and great. he's talking about, you know, how, um, you know, in our education system, like, yeah, I mean, there's in certain communities, they have more programs, you know, they have more well, opportunities. Well, that's, that's just the truth. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It, yeah, that's the more resources. Bigger cl- class sizes, you know, I mean in wealthier communities. I mean, that that's definitely a thing. And we see it in our community here, like in yep. the suburbs of Chicago, by far. I've worked, you know, um, in a couple different communities and, and noticed those things. So, yeah. Or like, you know, some of my empathy for minority populations and like people who struggle with poverty and systemic racism. And I could go on and on, like, you know, noticing some redlining going on in the city, obviously. And you talked about that with the last- Southside, the book. Southside. Do you want to, do you ever read that book? We don't have to go that far, Mary. This happened in oh, the suburbs. Right, like, right. you know, and I'm yeah. actually doing some research on communities about that. And, um, and and it's still affected today because it's actually showing like, you know, what schools have, you know, kids who struggle more with poverty in certain neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And and that school's giving, you know, almost equal funding, you know, for, for, these, for these kids who- you know, clearly could use a little bit more um, help. Um, one thing I, I want to share quickly is like where some of my passion for sticking with um, working where I, where I work is um, I was working with a group of uh, middle school uh, African-American kids and um, 
you know, it was probably like three months in and it was like a group about stress and coping and mm-hmm. trying to help them, um, you know, strategies to stay focused in class or whatever. And a couple of the kids were like, Miss, they call me Miss W. That was my maiden name. Oh, do they? Yeah, W. Miss W. Um, we have something to ask you. And they're like giggling and they're all worried. And these are kids like I really trusted. Like we had a really good relationship. Like it was fun. And, um, you know, they told me a lot of things. And um, so they, they they were like, Miss W, we have a question for you. And they like hesitated for a long time. And they were like, um, we want to ask you, like, you're not really all white, are you? Hmm. And I was like, what? Like, oh, my gosh, what do, they, what do they mean by that? So, like, you know, I was like, what do you mean by that? They're like, well, you know, first of all, your curly hair. And but like you, you believe in us and you like let us talk. Oh, Rachel. And I was like, wow. Like, what oh do, you know? God. And like, what I does asked, that say about, you know, absolutely. What does that say? Like, what does that say about like, you know? OK, so you asked if we could swear earlier. <laughs> That's so fucked up. <laughs> Isn't that fucked up? That is so fucked up. That and- made me be like, all right, I'm. You know, like I need to continuously prove like yeah. that white people don't totally suck. Like, what the heck? That that's fucked up. Yeah. And it's also that's uh And that has happened to me almost every year in some shape and form. Has it? But that was my first time. And I was like twenty two years old, you know? Yeah. And they're like, cause you believe in us. Like, what? Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah, I, I check my bias on a regular basis. You know, I'm uh, you know, trying to, to read and better myself and I uh you know, encourage that on anyone. Um, Rachel, thank you. I mean this with all my heart. Like, thank you for doing what you do. Like, thank you for making the the choice, like the conscious choice, obviously not just as a human and as a friend, as a mother and a wife, but like, but as a person to show up in the world the way you do and you show up every day for those kids. Thank you, Mary. Mm-hmm. No, I mean it. You're like, awesome. you know, yeah. I, and I know I, because pleasure, I can really, I honestly enjoy it. Like, well, I, love- I can, I saw you and I yeah. want to touch on that again. I got to see Rachel. I remember coming home that day too. And I even said to Mike, I was like, I almost feel like for the first time I got to know her because I saw you and like take away everything else. Like I saw you in this position where you genuinely wanted to be there for them. Not because it was self-serving by any means, but it was because that's who you are. Mm -hmm. So you want to come back and we'll talk about what, I mean that. whatever, we'll talk about it. No, I'd like for you to come back and talk about what we talked about at the end. Sure. We'll talk about that, like systemic racism and what you've seen and like the, the, all of that. Um, maybe we could invite a couple of our friends to come on too, if you feel like that would be good. That'd be great. All right, we'll do that. We'll work on that. Okay. Oh, Rachel, I'm going to give you a big hug after this. I really, thank you so much. How do you feel? I feel good. Yeah? Yeah. This was good? Yeah. Thank you for doing this. Um, This was great. Well, thank you for listening today. And I hope that Rachel's stories really help you feel supported, feel seen, and feel heard. If you have a story to share... Please feel free to submit it to I'm so glad you asked podcast at gmail.com. Um, please follow me on Instagram if you're on Instagram at I'm so glad you asked podcast. And you can also message me there. I'm so glad you asked is part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit the Trident This episode of I'm so glad you asked was edited by Josh Finfrock. <laughs>